Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. Amen. Thank you, Dee. Would you, would you remain standing? Sorry, I know. I promise you're going to get a good amount of time to sit down, but let's just, in light of these scriptures and talking about the beauty and the majesty of God, let's just, once again, let's just pray for um, what's happening to our Eastern European friends brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, I, I, as we were reading those, I just, my heart just kept pondering this beautiful creation God made. He loves the people of Ukraine and Russia. And right now there's power that comes through the word. And let's just declare right now, peace. Let's declare the word of God. Lord, we just pray right now, a collection of, of people, of your people right now, they're standing in Boise, Idaho. Lord, praying for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and in Russia. Lord, you know the very anxiety of their hearts. You know what you know what's happening on the inside. You know what's going on. You know the threats. You know the strategies. But ultimately, God, you are the source. And we pray, God, that you would bring peace you would bring clarity and you would bring an end to the ugliness of this war. And, and Lord, you would bring out of it, we thank you, out of the ashes comes beauty. Out of death comes life. Out of destruction comes the beauty of God. And we declare right now that nothing is too impossible for our God. And that Lord, your, your kingdom would come and your will would be done right now. For our, peop- for, our, our, for our loved ones and our friends and our family. If you have a f- family member or a friend or a loved one that's either in the Ukraine or Russia, would you just raise your hand? We want to just pray for you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, you'd surround these beautiful men and women, family members of our church that hearts are suffering. Their grief is heavy. Lord, and we thank you. You would not only surround them at this moment, but you would surround their friends, their family, their loved ones like a shield. Lord, we thank you that you'd go before them, behind them, around them. Lord, we, we come against the, the lies of the enemy, the, the plans of the enemy, and we declare right now that the plans of the enemy would be stopped in Jesus' name. You bring protection and safety. I see and believe the miracle stories they are going to come out of this conflict. We believe, Lord, testimonies of people coming to know Jesus in the millions and the millions across the world because they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living in Jesus' name. Come on, church. If you believe it, let's just declare God's goodness right now. Come on. He's good. He's good, isn't he? We want to say we love you to many of you. We know we have a great community here that that your homeland is Ukraine or Russia. And we want to say we are standing with you. We love you. We're praying with you and for your loved ones. And we believe God gets the victory. Amen. Come on. Amen. Bless you. All right. Well, you could be seated this morning. Uh, I also want to acknowledge Kerrigan. Kerrigan, Maddie, we love you so much. Um, you've, you've gone through an unexpected tragedy, the sudden loss of your father, Kerrigan, and we want you to know we love you, we support you, we surround you, and, um, and we're so honored. In two weeks, uh, March 12th, on a Saturday, right here at Capitol Church at 4 p.m., we're going to be honoring your father's life. 
what an amazing man of the community. And to see his impact, Kerrigan, you're going to carry that legacy and that sweet little boy, Brooks, in your belly right now. Maddie is going to carry that amazing legacy as well. So we're honored. And I believe everyone's welcome to the service to honor your father. Is that correct? Keith Owen, great man. And we're going to honor him March 12th at 4 p.m. right here at Capitol. So please come celebrate an amazing life. We love you. We're with you. And God, ultimately, more than anything, more important, God is with you. We love you so much. Come on, I can't imagine life without family and community, right? We love, we love this church and we love, we, you know, isn't it James scripture that says we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who reap. And the irony is you can do, sometimes you do this, you do both in one day. I might be rejoicing with someone because, you know, they're celebrating a new baby and I might be weeping with someone who has lost a loved one. Like, it's crazy, but guess what? God is in all of it. He's with us, he's for us, and he's going to um, lead and guide us. Um, well, we haven't even started the message and they've, given, they've taken all my time. So you better give me my time back because I deserve it, you know? Um, no, I, I'm excited to preach today. I'm Tracy Wild Pace and um, I'm honored. I, I, it's, it's always daunting to have to follow Pastor Chris, especially this amazing, this series, Crossing Culture, has been honestly so life-changing. And I know that many of you have come to me and be like, please tell Pastor Chris how important these messages have been. And they really have been. They've been, he's always so prophetic and ahead of his time. It's like God gives him the message that we need before we know we need it. And I'm so grateful for his leadership, his wisdom, his love for the word. And um, yes, can we honor our pastor this morning? I don't know where we would be without awesome Pastor Chris and Kelly and Kelly's birthday on Tuesday. Let's shower her like crazy. She's the mother of this house and a mother of so many children. And she deserves some special love. But Kelly, you are a phenomenal woman, a leader. You lead us in prayer. You also think so far ahead. And you, you are always thinking um, beyond yourself. You're one of the most selfless, generous, incredible women. And we're so honored that you are lead pastor here at Capitol Church. And thank you for leading us so well. Can we just, come on, just honor your pastors. Like, you know, she just, both Pastor Chris and Kelly. They do more than, than we see. Um, and they carry you in your hearts. So that's my favorite thing Paul says. He says, I carry you in my heart. And if, until you're a pastor, you don't know how much you carry you in your heart. And they do so well. So we love you and honor you. So I hope you get lots of presents. Give, you know, send her some presents. I'm sure she has cash app, Kelly Wild. Send it, you know, give her, give her everything you got. Okay. Um, all right. Once again, give me my time back. Cause that was none of my message. Okay. Start the clock over. Um, but I get to talk today about pastor Chris is doing this cross and culture series. And he came to me and he he goes, hey, I want to talk about beauty and I want to talk about justice the next couple weeks. Can you preach next week? I'm like, yeah, I'll take beauty, not doing justice. Um, you can take justice, Pastor Chris. I don't even understand justice yet. So um, I said, I'll take beauty. And then he goes, well, I'm going to talk about beauty and justice. I'm like, why, did, why didn't you just tell me to do a standalone? I'm not going to preach on beauty and then you come and fix it next week. But apparently he's going to preach on beauty too and it'll be way better. So please come back and hear his really, really good message on beauty. But I'm going to make a good attempt today to talk about bringing beauty back. Not bringing sexy back, bringing beauty back. It's time we bring beauty back. And um, Dee did so beautifully reading some scriptures from the book of Psalms today. But when was the last time that you saw, you really saw, or you heard something beautiful? Like you really, like it took your breath away. Like you were like, oh my, like you maybe even said, that is beautiful. 
if we're honest, if, I don't know if we recognize or we pay attention to the beauty as much as maybe we should. This week, however, I did hear something absolutely beautiful. The best, maybe the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life, which is um, Garrison and I's little boy Declan said, mama. First word. You know, they say dad is easier, but not this boy. I taught him well. He is, I birthed this child. He was going to say mama. I've been going mama, mama, mama since he was like born. He's like, we get it. Um, so, and I, and thank God, God, you love me. Thank you for this. We were in the car together. So Garrison was there and we were driving home and all of a sudden he's in the backseat goes mama. And I was like, oh my word. And Garrison goes, I mean, we don't know if he said it. I was like, oh, we know. We know. And little guy's been saying it ever since, haven't you, buddy? You say, mama, mama. I don't think he knows. I think he just knows that gets my attention, but you know, I'll take it. And it was his first word. And it was the most beautiful thing. When is the last time you really saw or stopped to ponder beauty? I remember the first time I saw the Eiffel Tower. Several years ago, my aunt took me with her. She was doing a trip, a ministry trip um, in Europe, and she took me with her, and we had a stop in Paris. It was my first time there, and I mean, I was just like so excited. The first night we get into Paris, the host, um, the, the person that was hosting us had planned a tour on the Seine River that goes all around, and you see all the beautiful, iconic sites of, of Paris. We see the Louvre in a distance. We see the, the Notre Dame. Like You're seeing all these historical, uh, amazing buildings. And then you come around the corner at the end of this tour. And I had no idea, you know, what was in front of me, what was about to happen. But we take this, we turn a, 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 on this boat and we take this corner and all of a sudden the Eiffel Tower. And I remember being like, what in the world? This is so amazing. Well, what I didn't know was the Eiffel Tower doesn't just light up, it sparkles. So all of a sudden, they timed it perfectly on this boat tour. I mean, they're like succinct. You get on the boat at this time, you, you know, it goes so fast so that by the time you turn this corner, you see it lit up and you're like, this is so cool. And you're like pretty amazed. And then all of a sudden it starts sparkling. And I remember, I had never even heard the sounds that I had heard. People are gasping. People, I mean, your breath is taken away. You are hearing like, you know, people just shouting in different languages. All I mean, We're all like captivated by the beauty of this. It was it was breathtaking. It was unbelievable. And no one on that boat had to tell me what I was looking at was beautiful. Nobody. Because guess what? When you see something beautiful, nobody has to tell you it's beautiful. <laughs> Beauty speaks for itself. Beauty demands your attention. Beauty will prove to you what beauty is. No one has to tell you it's beautiful. Why? Because beauty is in and of itself the most breathtaking, marvelous, magnificent, most amazing thing that God himself created. We have a craving and a longing to see this kind of beauty. I think God innately put in each one of us the desire for beauty. Why else would you get in your car, you crazy moms and dads, with screaming children and go on a road trip to go see I don't know, the Grand Canyon. Come on, you're crazy to do it, but you do it because you wanna see beauty. You know, or you're gonna go see Yosemite, or you wanna go see Yellowstone, the park, not the show. <laughs> Landed better this service than last. Okay, I see who's more holy. <laughs> I'm kidding. But you, we have a craving and a longing for beauty, don't we? This is why we go to the zoo in the dead of winter because our kids, Wave, Waverly Jean, who loves animals, we go to the zoo 
in freezing cold or any temperatures and let our kids look at these animals because these animals are beautiful. They're created by God. They're, um, they're magnificent. It's amazing. We go to museums till our feet are bleeding and we're looking at art we don't understand that if it's been here for centuries and we're like, this is amazing. We don't understand it. Somebody told us it was amazing, you know? But we do these things, why? Because we have a yearning and a desire for beauty. Where did we get this from God? In fact, some would argue, some scholars would argue we can't live without beauty. Beauty is essential to life. See, life is more than eating, drinking, waking up, going to work, raising kids, you know, like watching a game on TV, watch, you know, watching a movie on TV. All those things are great parts of life, but there's so much more to it. God created us with a yearning and a desire and a craving to see beauty. We need to fill our lives and we desire to fill our lives with beauty. And this desire comes from God. Why? Because God, who created the heavens and the earth, who created every living creature, is himself all together beautiful. You want beauty? Look at God. You want to know the definition of beauty? God. And then here's what's amazing about it. Not only is God altogether beautiful, but then God created humanity and created the earth and created creatures and created grass and he created bugs and he created like fruit flies. I don't know why. And he created food and he created all these things beautiful because it's who he is and God can only create beautiful things. God can't create ugly things. He can't create bad things. He creates good out of the goodness of who he is. It's who he is. The, his, one of his greatest attributes is his beauty. His beauty. And out of that, here's, here's the crazy thing. If God is altogether beautiful, then guess what we should be as image bearers, as people created in the image of God, we should be God reflectors. We should be beautifiers. We should be beautifiers. We should walk around being the beauty of Jesus. You know, the, the, a lot of people love to say, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. That's okay, I like that. But I'd rather be like walking around and saying, I'm the beautifier of God. I'm just like, God's called me to be a beautifier. I just walk around and make things beautiful. That's what God has made us to be. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. We're image bearers. God could have chosen anything in creation to be an image bearer. He didn't choose cats. And Pastor Chris says, amen. He didn't choose Golden doodles, sorry. Wilder doodles or whatever they're called. They're the cutest dogs and please buy them from the kings. They're amazing. Go, go get a dog. Dogs are amazing. But he didn't choose dogs to be the image bearers or to even be able to marvel at the beauty of God. When's the last time you've seen a golden doodle sit on the porch on a summer night and just gaze at a sunset and go, wow, that's amazing. When's the last time you've seen a flower clap its hands at the end of a symphony and go, encore, encore? Only humans can do that. God has created us with, the, with a yearning and a craving for beauty. Why? Because he wants us to reflect that beauty in an ugly world. And I think today we know more than ever we live in an ugly world. It's ugly out there. It's broken. It's, it's riddled with pain and hatred and, and, and murder and war and betrayal and all the things that make up an ugly world. But God, who is beautiful, made a beautiful earth. And it's our responsibility as God reflectors to reflect that beauty. Genesis 131, 
Remember, God creates, he speaks and he creates the heavens and the earth. He creates this, you know, he, he creates the stars and the moon and the sun and the grass and the trees and the flowers and every species of land animal and sea animal, everything. And he speaks it. He speaks and, and, and here comes humanity and he has this beautiful creation that he creates. And it says in Genesis 1.31, and God saw everything that he had made. And he said it was very good. He says very good seven times in the Genesis account. Very good. The word good in Hebrew um, as a noun means good. We get this Hebrew word and it means good. But as an adverb, if you were to describe it as an adverb, it also can mean beautiful. So if you relook at Genesis 1.31 and you, and you use a different lens and you use the word beautiful, then God sees trees as beautiful. He sees like a ladybug as beautiful. He sees dogs and cats and horses and donkeys as beautiful. He sees flowers and weeds and everything. He sees it and, sees it and he looks at you and he sees beautiful. God has created us to be beautifiers in a broken, ugly world. He didn't make ugly people in an ugly world. He created a beautiful world and he knew. This is what blows my mind. God knew we would mess it up and make it ugly. Moms, have you ever like totally decorated or totally organized your pantry or totally cleaned your house and it is spotless and then those children or your husband comes and he ruins it? Ah, it's like, why do we even try? But God creates this beautiful paradise knowing when he breathes into humanity that they will one day mess it up and very soon. And he still chooses to create humanity and still chooses to co-create and co-partner with his creation and say, hey, I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna bless you, and I'm gonna call you to show the world my beauty. And you're gonna mess up and I'm gonna still love you. It's amazing. It's amazing to me. And yet God continues to believe in the beauty of this world. Jonathan Edwards, the 18th century great preacher, spent much of his content talking about the beauty of God. In fact, beauty to him is what made God, God. Without beauty, you couldn't have God, according to Jonathan Edwards. He believed even so much that once you become a Christian, God opens your eyes to see beauty that you wouldn't have seen before. But when you become a believer, you now see it. Like, isn't it crazy? Like you've never seen a car before and then you buy that car and you see it everywhere. Like, where has that car been? It's been there all along, but my eyes have been opened. When you become a believer, God opens your eyes to see the beauty. What was a star before is not just a star. It is like, oh my word, Psalms 8. What is man that you are mindful of me? You're like, you see the stars and you're like, oh my word, God, you're so magnificent and wonderful and marvelous and amazing. And somehow you also love me. That's what happens when God opens your eyes. And then when he opens your eyes, it's now your responsibility to be one who reflects back the glory and beauty of God. But what is the point of beauty? Because I think growing up, we're told beauty's fleeting. You know, beauty is just to attract another person. Beauty's bad. You shouldn't, you shouldn't go after beauty. That's kind of what we think, I think, about beauty. And we forget the main, the, the genesis of beauty is that God is the first and foremost altogether beauty and that beautiful. And then he creates us in his beautiful nature. And then he desires us to reflect it. See, beauty is more than fleeting. Beauty is more than you just attracting someone and they like, they like you. Beauty is all about God. There's so much more to beauty than we've made it. 
And see, Psalms, King David, David is the one who so often reflects upon the beauty of God. He's the one who points to the beauty of God. In Psalm 96, we read, he's the one that says, splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. How marvelous is God. He says, Psalm 27, one thing I've asked of you that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I always loved that scripture. But the next part says this, why does he want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life? To gaze upon the beauty. The beauty. Like David caught something. Now remember, David's often writing his Psalms in a very uh, tricky time of his life. He has an uncertain future oftentimes. He's dealing with the ugliness of world. He's dealing with betrayal. He's dealing with fear and anxiety and worry and war. He's dealing with the fear of the future. And yet it's David who pens these Psalms to remind himself, I think first, (laughs) that God is still altogether beautiful. That God still is the creator of this beautiful earth, even though humans have messed it up bad. But God still is the one to be, to, for us to reflect the beauty of God in a broken, hurting world. David was under pressure, fighting for his life. To, I, I, I've never felt so close to this text. Even this weekend, as I've prayed for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and in Russia, thinking about many of them fearing for their own life. And yet I think about David who had such a similar experience and then listened to his words. He would say, I just, I wanna gaze upon your beauty. I just, I want to be with, then he says, Psalm 19. I love Psalm 19. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaim your handiwork or your masterpiece. The world and everything in it is God's artwork. You are God's artwork. Mountains and rivers and oceans and lakes are God's artwork. Fields and deserts. Think about the topography and the geography of our world and our land and all of it is God's beautiful created order. From the sky, God just displays his artwork and his majesty and his manifold wisdom and beauty and glory. And God delights in this creation because through it, he sees his beauty. Think about that. God, I think God, I I love Highway 55 right? Driving up to McCall. I just, I'm like, I'm always like any time of year I love that drive because it doesn't matter summer, fall, winter, or spring. That thing is majestic. Like I just am like, man. And I just can imagine God going, I know, (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's amazing. And I made it because I, I want you to know how beautiful. And then I want you to reflect this beauty to everyone and everyone. Cause, cause when you show them beauty, you show them me. So I know, I think God's just like, I, we think a sunset is pretty. I think God's like, ah, that's a good one tonight. Man, that's a good one. That one back in 2008 was good, but man, I like this one a lot tonight. I think God just like celebrates his creation. He enjoys it. He didn't create you so that he could be like, oh, miserable humans I created. He's like, he delights in you. Psalm says he delivers you because he delights in you. He loves his creation. 
even when we mess it up and make it ugly and, and we sin and we, and we cause pain in our world, God still looks at it and goes, man, I love them because it's beautiful. Why does he say that? Because it reflects him. And he knows when he sees what he made, he's seeing the beauty of who he is. And when he sees his beauty and when we see his beauty and when we reflect his beauty, all of a sudden the world can be saved by his beauty. Beauty is what saves the world. Politicians can't save the world. Our opinions can't save the world. Legislation can't save. Beauty saves the world. When we know God and we see the beauty and we understand it, we start to reflect it. I'm sorry, Declan, did a mama make you cry? I'm not mad, I'm just passionate. <laughs> we love and honor the beauty of God, right? There's something about his, his majestic creation and we are his masterpiece. We are, we are to reflect this beauty more than anything else, more than a sunset or a sunrise. More than a fresh snow, dear God, bless the end of February and that snow. I love snow, but I was like, Lord, really? Did it need to come yet or now? But it was still beautiful. But I should reflect God's beauty more than the snow and more than birds chirping in the morning. I should reflect. Only humans are created in God's image and thus can be God reflectors and image bearers. Dogs can only be dogs. Cats can only be cats. Trees can only be trees. Fish can only be fish. But humans are invited to be co-creators and co-partners in demonstrating the majesty of a creator God. The one who just paints the skies in the morning and at night. The one who so perfectly laid the foundations of the earth. The one who made the sun and the moon. The one who perfectly designed you. That God, that one, we are made in his image. And we're to reflect what God has done. Beauty points people to God. N.T. Wright says this. He says, beauty is a signpost to God. So every time I live out my everyday ordinary life demonstrating the beauty of God, don't you dare think it's everyday and ordinary. Don't you dare think you are just, I'm just, you know, breathing. I'm a Christian. I'm just here. No, don't you dare. Because you are actually a God reflector. When you use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has created in you and given to you graciously and generously, every time you utilize it, guess what? You are reflecting the beauty of your creator. You reflect God. As we showcase his beautiful world, we are showcasing his beautiful nature, his character, his attributes. God has called us to be God reflectors. Hebrews says this, because I struggle. I'm like, okay, God's beautiful. Yeah, nature's beautiful. Okay, okay. But how do I know what that really looks like? Well, Jesus is our best example. Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. You want to know God? Study Jesus. You want to understand God's beauty? Look at Jesus. You want to know what it, what it means to, to live in a broken world and demonstrate the beauty of God? Look at Jesus. Follow Jesus. Study the life of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the perfect imprint. 
He is our great example. He is the one that came to earth to demonstrate and to showcase and to show us, hey, in this world, it is messy, but my heavenly father has a plan and a will and it's good and it's good for you. And it's our responsibility to walk out the beauty and the nature of God. What a great task we have. What an amazing response. What an honor it is to be beautifiers in our world. We are to reflect God's beauty in the ugliness. And it feels ugly, I know. I, I have a bad habit right now, which is when Declan wakes up in the middle of the night, which is a little too often, buddy. We need to work on that. I, you know, as a mom, you have that tension of like staying awake enough while they're awake till they get to sleep. And so I've created the bad habit where I get on my phone, you know? which is probably like making me not sleep any better. But so I decided, well, social media, no, I'm not gonna get on social media at night because that's wrong. So instead I choose the news app, <laughs> dear Lord. Choose the Bible, Trace. Like, get, it's right there. It's right next to them. Just press you version. Press it. But I get on the news app, you know, and I start reading these. And I've probably created a bad algorithm or something because I don't know why I only see the most horrific, horrific stories of, like, horrible things of abuse and, like, d uh, murders and, like, all this stuff happening all over the world. And I'm like, I just sit and my heart starts to get overwhelmed. And I'm like, what? What's the point, God? Like, man, it's impossible. This world is too messed up. It's too far. There's too many bad people. There's too many broken, there's too much brokenness. And I start to get overwhelmed and then I have to stop myself and go back to social media because it actually lifts me up after that. <laughs> it's like, show me a cute baby and a puppy or something, you know? But I remind myself when my heart is overwhelmed, I have to go, no, God, you've called us to be God reflectors. You've given me gifts, you've, you've placed in me, you've created me in your own image. If my God who is so perfect and beautiful and majestic and he somehow chose to create me to be an image bearer, to mirror his likeness, which how do I do that? Well, I just keep following Jesus. I get my eyes fixed on him. I be like David and I get my eyes transfixed on the beauty of God and the majesty of his creation and nature. Every time I look at nature, I go, okay, if God can create all of this out of nothing, God can certainly fix the brokenness that is happening in our world. He created it out of nothing. Null and void, nothing. And all of a sudden there's light and there's colors and there's vibrancies and there's creative things and there's the arts and there's music and all these things. And I think God so easily could have created the most dull, boring, miserable earth. We deserved that. That's what we deserve. We deserve a dead, broken, like, like just imagine, it's like the apocalyptic, you know, movies. It's like where everything is dead, like the trees are dying, you know, flowers are dead. Everything's like that gloomy, like it's, the filter is just like depressing. You know what I'm saying? It's like that grimy kind of color. That's the world God should have created for us. That's what we deserved. But you know, you know what God created? Vibrant colors. All these variant kinds of food, like all, I mean, come on, like how many apples do we need? And they're all delicious. And these, all these beautiful colors. And then he creates instruments and music and he gives people just the gift of, and talents of, of the arts and music. He gives people the ability to write poems and, and, and write stories. And he makes people have an idea, know how to create architecture and design. And he does all these things and he didn't have to. 
but he wanted to, why? Because when he looks at his creation, he sees his beautiful nature. And when, when we can see his nature, we can see God. Beauty, beauty is bigger than ugliness. Have you ever seen something beautiful and something ugly to it? What's your eye drawn to? The beauty. What are, your, what are your eyes transfixed on? The ugliness of this world or the beauty of God? What do you spend your time focusing on? Because what you see oftentimes is what you live. What you believe ends up being your behavior. If I can get my eyes so transfixed on the beauty of God, one thing I ask of you, Lord, one thing I seek all the days of my life, that I would dwell in the presence of the Lord and gaze upon your beauty. And when I get overwhelmed, I just want to walk outside and I want to see a tree. No person made that tree. I don't know what you believe about science, but you can't convince me that anything else created that tree or that bird. There was some crazy new bird in our backyard. And I was like, what? That is so pretty and creative. And I think when God looks at it, he just goes, whew, man, I do beautiful things. And then in you, he creates beautiful things for you to be a signpost of his beauty, not your beauty. We know we don't have it without him. We're called to carry and reflect his beauty. But we've neglected, I think, as a people of God, as a church, globally, I think we've neglected to beautify our world. But it's God's world that saves. It's God's beauty that saves the world. Man, as a mom, a dad, a grandma, grandpa, an aunt, an uncle, a builder, an architect, a politician, a professor, a chef, man, a, a, an interior designer, a coffee maker, a barista who knows how to do the foam so cool, an artist, a painter, a drawer, construction worker. I don't know how to lay that. I don't know how to build a house. Builders, roofers, and accountants. I can't do math to save my life. Ask my husband. He's created all of us with the gifts and the talents to beautify a broken world. N.T. Wright says this. He says, yet into the brokenness comes a God who seems to care deeply about beauty, a glory, a God who, according to the Bible, created the heavens and the earth to tell us of his glory. Not because he needed us to admire that glory, but because the glory was a true overflowing or an outflowing of his own generous love. What's more, this God dares to whisper to us, even in the midst of our fractured world, that we are created in his image and that his God-reflecting vocation can be and is being restored. Pastor Chris and I were talking about this. It's, it's overwhelming. I, I get, we both get frustrated. Why does the world have the best fashion, artists, movies, music? That's not God's intention. You know who should create the best music, the best movies, have, be the best fashion designers, be the most creative artists, writers, drawers, architects, the people of God. People of God. But I think we've gotten to the, we're like, oh, they just do it better. Who told you that? That reminds me of a scripture in Genesis too. Who told you that? Come on. God has put in you the creative genius and the mind, 
poets and writers and the best things in the world should come from his church. The best. Not the cheesy. Not the, okay, we're supporting it because they're Christian. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of it because I know that that's not God's intention. God wants the very best to come out of his creation and his people because once your eyes are opened, then you have the responsibility to carry out the beauty of God, to show the world God. So wake up, poets and screenplay writers and musicians and singers and actors. Come on. Come on, Wall Street, mine, like beautiful. I don't know what you people do, but you're good with money. Politicians and professors, come on. The greatest professors should be those that come from the house of God. But when's the last time you marveled at God's beauty? You just, it just took your breath away that you just went, oh my gosh, don't lie. Honestly, you should wake up every day when you see your spouse and go, whoa. That's God's goodness to me. That's God's beauty. Come on. When's the last time you're like, go brush your teeth, please. (laughs) Or your children who are screaming and kept you up all night. You really should be like, you are the masterpiece of God. You little sweetheart that keeps me up. Come on. When's the last time we marveled at the beauty and the nature of God? Because When we do, our eyes get on God. And when we get our eyes on God, all the ugliness of this world is not overwhelming because we know beauty is greater than ugliness. We know beauty is better than brokenness. And we know God is stronger than the strongest enemy of our day. My little Declan recently discovered his hands. And for a couple weeks straight, he would wake up in the morning, you know, the first thing he would do, he'd wake up and he'd be like this. And then he'd turn and he'd be like, oh my word, there's another one. And he'd like, do, he'd like, what do these things do? And then he'd turn and look, I mean, it was the cutest thing ever. For like a couple weeks straight, every morning he'd wake up and then he's like, there it is again. Where did these come from? I'm like, buddy, they've been there for eight months. <laughs> but he just discovered them and he's just like in awe of them. And he's like, these are amazing. And then he like touches his face with them, you know? And he's like, what else can they do? And then, and then he gouges his eye and then he starts crying and you have to like, and then he goes, and then he's over it and he's like, there they are again. <laughs> Honestly, it was the most precious thing I'd ever seen. And for probably like two weeks straight, he did that. And then all of a sudden, guess what? He was just used to him. The awe and the wonder was gone. He just, he's like, oh, there they are. That's cool. These hands, I can clap with them. I can grab toys with them. I can feed. That's cool. That's cool. Oh my God. But they're hands. God created this. Think of all the things you can do with what God created in you. And we start to look at it. It's just like, it's a hand. It's cool. Thanks for the hand, God. Thanks for the feet. Thanks for the snow. That's actually really important to our environment. Thanks for the sun. Thanks for it. Wish we had more of it sometimes. Oh yeah, there's the rain. I hate the rain. Come on, we, we forget the awe and the wonder when we keep our eyes fixated on his beauty. 
then we can now reflect it and we can, through God's beauty, we can show the world that God is victorious, that God is in charge, that God is the creator of the cosmos, the heavens and the earth, and you and I are his masterpiece. When I went to the, to the Louvre in Paris, I remember people are like, you know, like hundreds of people are trying to get around like one piece of art, like iconic pieces, right? And you can barely get to see it. You're like just trying to get through the crowd to get at least a picture and to say, I saw it. You literally are like this, saw it, you know, and that's about all you can get. Everyone's just crowding in. When I think about that, we will, go, we will spend so much time, money, effort to see these beautiful things. But get, think about this. When God looks at you, he looks at you as a masterpiece. He's like, oh, look how beautiful. I wish they knew how beautiful they would just stand and just walk around and be like, here I am. I'm a masterpiece with God-given gifts and talents and abilities that God has given me and destined me and has called me to use to beautify his world. But we look at ourselves and we look at our world and we see the brokenness, the pain, the betrayal. We see the insecurities. We see what we can't do. We see what we wish we could do. And instead we need to stop and reflect and recognize the beauty of God and then go, he made me to reflect it. You know what Christians should be like? Walking around like I'm a masterpiece. When you see me, you should see him. But how do you do that? You gotta be kind to people. You better say beautiful things. You better act beautiful. You better, you better treat people beautifully because you are the masterpiece of God demonstrating to a broken, hurting world that there is something beautiful. And it's God. He is altogether beautiful. Beauty is what saves the world. When's the last time you've marveled at God's beauty? Come on, look at your hand. Let's not lose the awe and wonder of God's beauty. Come on, think of David. Who that I would gaze at your beauty. Strength and beauty are in your sanctuary. The heavens are painted beautifully, why? So that we can remember that we serve a beautiful God who wants to do through your life, he wants to show a broken world that he is still beautiful, altogether beautiful. Would you stand with me today? Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.